good enough? Okay. What is up? We are back again. Is it good hey. enough? Hey, hey. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't good enough because, or we're, <laughs> let's just be honest, we're re recording this because our last episode's lost forever. Yeah, you're right. We are not, we were not good enough on the last episode or something because for some reason, fate was like, this, this episode ain't gonna count. So, yeah, backstory Babs and I recorded this like a week ago and then. Uh, the audio like did not work out it went missing and then I was literally so upset that I couldn't even come to terms with it for like a few days to tell Babs like I was like I don't see the audio and I can't even tell her for like two days because I was literally so upset I was just like mad I was like I don't want to deliver this news it's okay I think I was mentally prepared for it because we were like let's not record two episodes because sometimes if we have a lot to say we'll like split it up into like two separate episodes but this time I was like let's not do it and then I'm glad we didn't because it would have been like way more tragic yeah seriously you had the foresight because of the, like we lost about an hour of our time but we easily could have lost about three so we're, it's okay it's more bonding time though right exactly and honestly now with this conversation I feel like we'll get even more out of it because in a way we digested our last conversation, so maybe it'll be even fuller this time, I guess, you know? I know. I totally had, like, a shower thought, so I think that's a, a great way to, like, segue in what we want to talk about is, so we're both at different points in our life. We have about, I think, a seven-year age difference, so, mm -hmm. so Xtina has left the nest, I guess. This is technically, well, besides college, this is, like, your first time as an adult, I've left my nest a long time ago and I like kicked out, never looked back kind of thing. And so when I was in the shower, you know, I was like thinking about what things are important to me because when we were recording this, like, I know I texted you and it was just a little bit early, but I was like, I have to say, I've been trying to set better boundaries with my time. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm just like, go, go, go. So I try to reserve like 9 PM and beyond if possible for me and my husband to hang out um, since he doesn't have a lot of time with me. And so I was just like, oh, I should totally share that because I, it's just like things like that you didn't really do back in the day. It was like, your time used to be so flexible. It's like, whatever I want. But now it's like, I have the time, but I'm going to claim it as my own for once. And this is the first time I'm doing it in my life is claiming my time. I've never claimed it before. It's such a new world, but I'm loving every minute of it. That's so interesting that you say that because like, first off, that just makes you want to talk about the concept of boundaries because that is something I have actually been thinking about a lot about boundaries because I was talking to someone who you know too and she was talking about like emotional boundaries. But then it just made me think about like regular boundaries and I feel like I almost have none. And now that you're talking about time, yes, I am one of the most flexible people ever. Like you can say, like, let's do this at this time. And I'm like, okay. And I just go in my head and I shift around my schedule. Or I think usually I think about the things I need to get done and I prioritize those. And then I just shift those around and then I can usually make any time. So I think it's really interesting. You're talking about claiming your own time. Yeah, I it's, do that. It, so it's a completely new concept. And I have had so many blessed conversations with the person you're talking about yeah. in terms of boundaries. Like we've talked about boundaries a lot. 
and um, emotional, personal, there's tons of boundaries. But for me, like I just recognize after retiring from my past role that I need to have better boundaries because I would take calls at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Right. And my husband's like going to bed and he's like, why are you taking this call right now? I'm like, oh, I have to answer it. And so I've been better about like not answering, you know, I actually, so if I'm on my phone, I actually don't answer text messages after 9.30. I try not to engage in new conversations. Mm. So I'll be on my phone and I'll be on social media, but I actually may not respond to text messages. Um, so that's like a new thing that I'm doing, uh, trying not to do anything after nine o'clock, um, unless it, it's completely, there's a complete inability to be flexible in that area. And then just saying no. Um, right. that, one's, that one's still challenging. But uh, I think that that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> so this, this is, it's a newfound world for me too. It's not like I've been doing this for the past, you know, seven years. I'm this wise owl. No, it's like, I literally just started doing this three months ago. Right. Like it's something new that you're learning and you're embracing. I think that's interesting. And then, so when you're reclaiming this time, like, how does it make you feel like, does it empower you? Or is it just more of like a peace of mind thing? Or like, how has it really helped? I think, you know, in the beginning, I felt guilty because mm -hmm. I enjoy having the reputation of someone you can count on right. and be there and who can be there. Um, like, don't get me wrong. If I ever, if I have a friend who's listening to this and they need me and it's after those hours and you contact me or call me, like I'm going to respond and pick up. Right. But in terms of like making plans and stuff, it's just like, you know, I would feel guilty because it's like, I not being flexible, I guess, is the challenge. Um, but if it's important enough to me, I'll flex my time. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's hard because you don't want to let people down. But at the same time, like, is it worth it to let myself down? Right. And that's kind of how I've been trying to change my frame of mind is I have I mean, I, I have a husband and technically I have a family, like he and I are each other's family. So it's like when I'm busy and we just have each other in this pandemic, like I'm leaving him by himself or vice versa. So it's like, Aww. I need to have that because I need to have, I cherish that relationship. I want it to grow. I want to have that family. And should we one day choose for our family to grow more, it's better that I have these boundaries now so that I, it's like, I'm already in the habit of prioritizing prioritizing what's important to me, which is family. Right. I think that's awesome. I think that is definitely like a life stage thing because right now that's kind of, that's definitely not on the top of my mind. But I think what you're saying is just a really great practice to have. And I know we teach a time management class at my company that I facilitate sometimes. And one of the biggest things we always say is being able to say no and really understanding how to manage your time like that. And it will, it can actually really positively affect you. So thanks for sharing. That was interesting. Maybe I need to start yeah. some, some boundaries, some time boundaries. I think the only time boundary that I really set for myself sometimes is going to the gym. Like I will always manage that time and prioritize that time for myself. Yeah. And you should, cause that's, what's important, right? It's like, I feel like the topic of self-care is so complicated because self-care can mean a ton of things. Like people, some say self-care is pampering, self-care is mental health. Like self-care is like whatever you need to make you feel whole. So mm -hmm. if, um, 
if feeling whole is going to the gym, then you need to prioritize it. Cause I, I work out every day too. Mm. And so if I don't work out, like my body feels it. I mentally and emotionally feel like I got on the bike. I just was on like PTO from work on vacation and yeah, I went hiking and stuff, but like when you're hiking, it's not that rigorous, like kick your ass kind of workout that I know we both enjoy. Mm. And man, my body was so pissed at me today. It <laughs> my kidneys and my whole body was like, I don't know how to be alive right now. And I was like, <laughs> I was like or I'm just getting old. I don't know what it is, but it, it hurt. And my body was mad. And it was, and then 20 minutes later, it was like, oh, this is what we enjoy. So it's like, it felt good, had the endorphins running, which reminds me, I probably should take my aminos at some point <laughs> so I can Drinking heal. Drinking right now. Drinking it right now. <laughs> oh, what's your flavor of choice? Um, I get the BPI. It's like a berry one. It's just the mixed one. Uh, I like that one. And then, I don't know, this is random now, but if anyone really likes working out and is looking for a good pre-workout. I started using Ilani New. Not sponsored, no, but <laughs> God, yet. I, yeah, I love this pre-workout though. It's really awesome. Um, some of our other like friends use it and it really helps me focus. And I am on the bus with Ilani New uh, pre-workout and then BPI uh, BCAAs. Hashtag unsponsored. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. I I do I just do gold standard. My favorite flavor is cotton candy. Mm, gold standard's good. I like their way. I use their way. They're classic. It, pro tip also, if you're super into way, you like gold standard, you can get sixty or six. I think it's six or six and a half pounds for only forty five bucks. Vanilla or chocolate, Costco. Yep. Mhm. Mm I know exactly what you're talking about. Mhm. Mm <laughs> I'm with you. So. No. That was a bit of digression, but that's okay. Like, that's part of life, right? We're talking about what our self-care is. I was just about to say that. And I was about to say, we're growing our muscles. And today we're talking about growing, growing up and stuff like that. So it's still a nice little leeway in. So I would say uh, one of the things I was curious to hear about is how many places have you lived? And then tell me a little bit about what you learned from each of those places. Oh yeah, this is a loaded question, right? Because mm -hmm. I've lived in places. Um, so I grew up in a little town called Santa Cruz, uh, just south of San Francisco on Highway 1. It's a beautiful place. Um, I lived there until I was about 16. Honestly, I look back on my memories from living there and it's like, for me, I always think like magical memories. A lot of my family was there. I, it was a time in my life where I grew and I, and I had some like stuff that happened in my family, but for the most part, I don't see Santa Cruz in a negative light. Like I always get excited to go back. I always love to see mm -hmm. my family. And Pete, when you talk about having a place of Zen where you can go and just like close your eyes and just yeah. relax, Santa Cruz is my home. It's my Zen. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I have to give a shout out to my cousin. I'm going to call her M, but MP, you know who you are. Um, she, uh, when I get to go back with her, it's even more special because I know we just share this like love for home. Like Santa Cruz is home. Um, when I was 16, I moved to Sacramento. That was like an interesting time in my life. And I kind of, I think I learned how to thrive in an environment, which may not have been designed for you to thrive. Um, mm -hmm. I was that kid, you know, when I moved, I was involved in all the extracurricular sports, bands, et cetera, but I never felt like I could fit in. 
and there were some really mean people I met in those last couple of years. And I had never in my life been bullied or had like mean things. Like when I was a kid, people always made fun of me because I'm, I'm tall. You know, the boys were mean because I was this tall girl, but I had never had people actually be mean. And someone one time said that they didn't like me just because I was too overly friendly. And I was like, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I can't be everyone's flavor, which is fine. But that like, that was their reason for not liking me. Um, and it was the first time I had ever like experienced teenage drama mm. in life. So it was really weird. Um, and then I think this is the point where I tell you, so fun fact, almost went to Hofstra University, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Hofstra University in Long Island, I wanted to be a PR person, but something happened with financial aid, and I got this email saying, hey, you should go to the University of Nevada, Arena, still apply today, and I applied, got in two weeks later, and I was like, you know what, this is where I'm going to go, and I had never really, like, I thought about going to Reno, because I had a friend who went there, and I visited, and it was, like, the only campus I'd ever seen before I applied, mm-hmm. but I was like, heck yeah, I'll just go, and when I was in Reno, that's where I think I started like growing into a person. You know, I wasn't defined by my extracurriculars anymore. Mm-hmm. I was kind of able to become a person. And a lot of the friends that I met in Reno are still really good friends of mine today. I, I may not speak to them every day on the regular, but you know, the, these are people that I could still contact, reach out to. If we all get together, it's like nothing has changed. Like, yeah, some of us have kids, some are married, some have houses, you know, all these like weird life stages, but it's just, if you put us all in a room together, it's almost like we're still in college. Like we definitely try to party like we're still in college. <laughs> and I think we recover the same, but I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. Like, uh, so I, from Reno, then I moved to Tucson because fun fact, I did get engaged the night before I graduated college, Crazy. moved to Tucson, hated it, broke up with my fiance after two years, moved to Tempe, Tempe was like interesting because it was like um, I was single for the first time in like six years mm-hmm. and I was never single as an adult. So oh, it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game. Yeah. I'm like trying not to implicate myself because I have no <laughs> this. but let me tell you this cool Babs lived her best life. Um, I definitely let loose and then I happened to meet my now husband uh, during my bad ventures is what I'll call bad them. Ventures. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then when maybe like two months before graduation, when, cause I actually got my master's from Arizona state too. So I, I wasn't just leaving, living in Phoenix for fun. I was actually going to school and working my now husband back then I was like, Hey, once graduation comes, like if nothing happens, I'm going to move home. And he was like, yo, you want to move to Florida with me? And I was yeah. like, yes, because I was like, what else am I going to do? So that I, you? Or, what, or what, like, it just felt right. I don't know. I just was like, why not? Like, I've never been to the East coast. I wanted to adventure. Um, so I ended up in Orlando of all places. Yeah. Orlando was very interesting. So kind of fun fact about Orlando is it's like even though Orlando is technically in the south they refer to themselves as the east coast mm-hmm. and um I think Orlando what is defined as more steps in my personal like work career mm-hmm. um because 
I moved out there with no job, only like $5,000 to my name. I literally actually, and half of that I actually had to put into moving because I, I literally, we got in a like Penske truck, loaded up our stuff and our dog and drove cross country from Phoenix to Orlando in a day and a half. Okay. It was like, yeah, <laughs> terrifying. I'm not great at driving at night in places I don't know with a car being towed. So it was... Yeah, let me tell you, the bayous of Louisiana is not a place you want to get lost when you're like, when your driving partner's passed out and it's like two in the morning. Um, but yeah, it was pivotal for my career. I really grew into who I think I am now as a professional. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of contro controversial stuff happened in my career and stuff. And I look back on it and it's like, I know how to navigate a little bit better. And then Chicago, where you know, I live now is kind of defined as my milestone. So growing up, I always knew I wanted to be successful. I wanted to have a corporate job. I wanted to do something that was challenging, important, value add. And to me, work makes me happy. It doesn't make everyone happy. And I respect and understand that. But for me, like the success of my work also brings me pleasure in my life. And so to be doing what I'm doing, um, like trying to eventually climb the ropes of being a corporate mogul is kind of my goal. Um, I'm like really excited to be here because I literally feel like I'm living my dreams right now. Um, like I look back and I think 15 year old me would be so impressed and blown away that, you know, I don't live paycheck to paycheck like I did growing, like my family did growing up, and that I have a cool view of a city, you know, like, I, I mean, I watched Gossip Girl as a kid, to be honest, and I was like, man, I want to live that life in the city, and have these friends, and go to brunch, and do all these things, and all my life, I never thought it was attainable until I finally did it for the first time, and it's just been, like, this crazy experience for me to be able to, like, you know, if I want a new pair of shoes to be able to just buy a new pair of shoes. And I, I mean, I'm not like wealthy or anything, but I, I have food on the table, a roof on my head, people I love around me, but it's kind of nice that my paycheck isn't just enough to get by. And I understand that, you know, I'm very lucky to have that opportunity to do that. But I also look at how hard I've worked to be at this point. Um, and that's what Chicago, I think, is always going to be for me, is like that milestone of my life in which I, for the first time, accomplished what I had set to, out to do and what I kind of dedicated and invested all my time into. Because right. I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, I was all set up to like become a lawyer. Like that's what I wanted to do. And then when I lived in Phoenix, like I was like, I don't want to do this. And I found another industry that I kind of fell in love with. and. Here I am. Man. So what would you, what would your word of advice be to someone who, you know, is years younger than you and kind of in that stage where it's, where, you know, where you're at now almost seems, seems unattainable. It's just like, what helped you motivate your way through and push through? Or what would you tell someone who needs that push? Well, I think the biggest thing that I struggled with mentally and emotionally is like, you can't predict when it's going to happen because I have cards tumble all the time. I still have my cards tumble today. Like I, I still hit roadblocks, there's still some issues. So it's not all perfect. Like 
I, I mean, I realize that when I explain this, it sounds like my life is packaged in a nice bow, but by all means, like it all has, um, it all has its ebbs and flows, but it's definitely a marathon and not a race. Um, mm. I think that we were in college, unfortunately misled to think yeah. that right out of school, we're going to make a ton of money and have all this stuff. <sighs> You're going to move the corporate ladder. And it's not that at all. Like it's, you know, and I also know if there's that other mentality of grunt work and that's fine, but you could do the grunt work and it still be doing grunt work three years later. Um, right. And I think that's a common misconception is that you only get one year of that when it's like, no, nah, it's not that at all. Um, I think the other thing to note is you're going to run into very challenging people. People are going to test your patience. People are going to question you. They're going to insult you. Um, but then you're also going to have those people who are going to praise you and support you if you do well. And I think it's just learning to take things with a grain of salt. Don't overanalyze what anybody says to you because I have probably <laughs> caused myself to have unnecessary um, panic attacks or anxiety attacks because I already have anxiety disorder. So like overthinking things have caused that um, some strife personally, but I think too, just like patience patience with time like honestly this whole experience I have I make I didn't even realize I was living my dreams until like six months ago mm -hmm. and I woke up and I was like wait a what second yeah well I take it back let's go back nine months six months ago was when COVID happened and I was not living my dreams but it was like in January of this year like going into like on the cusp of my 30th birthday I'm like what did I accomplish before I turned 30 and so I realized that I accomplished what I what my youth self wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yay! <laughs> so. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. And by the way, our last recording when she said Hofstra, I almost dropped to the floor because that is such a small school and it's so close to where I grew up. And I was like, how did someone from the West Coast know about this school? That was one of my favorite new fun facts about you. I feel like we have all these weird connections. <laughs> I also, I, well, the funny thing, I also early decisioned Hofstra. So it wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm going to go there. It was like, a, I'm committed before, like they sent me an acceptance letter before everyone else got in kind of thing. Which is crazy because it's such a small school too. Maybe they can recruit me for a PhD program because I do plan on getting a PhD or some doctorate of some sort. So yes. love it. Love it. So, Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So I know that we like talked about my journey, but I know that you're kind of in this different spot than I am. So like, where are you at in your life? And kind of, you know, kind of do like mm -hmm. what I did. So tell us where you've gone, what you've done. And then where are, where do you feel like you are right now? Hmm. Okay. So if you can't tell by my accent and the many times we've said it before, I'm from New York. I grew up on Long Island. Um, I grew up in a, you know, a really great area that my parents helped, you know, they worked really hard and they provided a lot. So it was really interesting just like growing up on Long Island, growing up in that community. I wouldn't say it was the most diverse area. Um, but I, when I was going to college, I really, really wanted to get out of there just because I felt like if I didn't get out, then I would never get out. And it's not like I didn't want to stay there. And it's not like it's a great place to stay. It was just that I felt like I needed something different. So I was actually doing food science, fun fact. I had this weird thing where I wanted to 
basically like make food as healthy as it could be because I was like so passionate about that for some reason like natural foods and stuff like that so I was I decided to do food science and a lot of food science colleges are only big state schools and there weren't many in New York or kind of on that northeast coast and I was filling out this thing in my high school trying to find the perfect match for me and I really wanted like xyz type of college and NC State came up and I was like, North Carolina, honestly, I know nothing about North Carolina. Maybe I know about the Wright brothers and that's about it. Uh, I knew about Chapel Hill, yikes. Um, so NC State was like the perfect school. The only issue was that it was far, far from home. And I just, I went and visited a school in upstate New York that week. It was my spring break and my mom said, at the end of spring break, you're going to decide what college you're going to. And I was like, okay. So I was, there was a really good contender in Massachusetts, but it was a smaller college. I didn't really like it as much. There was Rochester Institute of Technology, which was upstate New York, freezing cold. And then of course, later in the week, we went to North Carolina and it was 80 degrees. And I remember when we were doing um, Accepted Students Day, I was able to wear a dress and I was like, okay, we're going here. Like, I love this. And my mom was like, oh no. <laughs> like, but my, my parents were super supportive. They were like, if you really want to go here, it's fine. We'll figure out whether we do long drives or we fly you home or whatever it is, but they didn't stop me at all. So going to North Carolina was really interesting. Uh, I would say it's a little bit of a culture shock, just growing up literally in the same place for 18 years and then going to a whole new place was so different when suddenly people didn't understand my accent and I wasn't understanding theirs. So food science had me in the agriculture college. So a lot of my classes, my freshman intro classes were with ag majors, like people who were doing poultry science and all these other types of agriculture things I never even heard of. And they were from like the deep South or some other area in the South. And um, that was really interesting, but uh, I actually wanted to transfer home my first year, my freshman year. I was like, I can't do this because I realized I wanted to switch my major. And I was like, why am I even here? Like, why am I wasting my time here? I could just go to a business school back home. And my friends, like, they really, like, I told them I was thinking about transferring and they, like, really kept me there. <laughs> like, I was like, man, these people are too awesome. So I really decided then that it's kind of what you make of it wherever you are and you have the power to control like how that environment's going for you. And if that environment isn't working out for you, like you have the power to change it. So I remember I decided going into my, my second semester, my freshman year and onwards, I said, I'm going to make North Carolina, North Carolina my home. I don't, I don't like, I'm just going to join clubs, join whatever I could, which is why I ended up joining the sorority and I joined some other clubs because that really helped me get that family element that I felt like I needed in North Carolina. And now North Carolina is such a sentimental place to me and it grew on me so much. I love, love, love North Carolina. Sometimes I even consider, consider like settling down there. So um, North Carolina was awesome. I think it, something that was really nice too about it was that when I went there, I was actually unique for the first time because like in Long Island, sometimes I was just like maybe the token Asian kid or like whatever it was, but like it wasn't much like, everyone was kind of the same. We all grew up in the same area, but then you went to North Carolina and suddenly I was like this kind of like cool, random, different type of person. And it actually really boosted my confidence and 
a lot of people kind of hyped me up there and it helped a lot with my confidence. And I would say if North Carolina was anything, it helped me just grow into myself and really gain the confidence that I needed considering the fact that I struggled with a lot of uh, body issues and self-confidence growing up. So then pretty simple after uh, college, I was applying to different jobs. I really wanted to stay on the East Coast actually. I was applying to a lot of jobs in North Carolina, DC, Boston, New York. And uh, Chicago was never on my never on my list. I visited Chicago back in 2018 for a conference and I liked it a lot, but I was like mid like Midwest. I didn't even understand what Midwest was, honestly. I was like, you know, and I was like it's cold there, like why would I ever move there? But what happened was one of the job the job that I got now, I actually interned for them, long story short. Um, I found the job role and I had some close sisters here in Illinois who really pushed me and supported me and said, you know, hey, if you come out here, you know, we're, we're here to basically help you. Like, like you even know when I was moving out here, you met my mom. And I think one of the big things too was like for my mom, she was like, okay, like at least she has a support system. Um, it was scary considering the fact that like I was moving even, even further from home when originally I really wanted to start to move closer. So moving to a new city was really interesting, but um, I had, like I said, I have a great support system here and I would say now I'm just growing into my professional self too and really getting used to myself. Like I would say in college, like I became really confident, but I was always around people. I was like 90% extroverted, always with people, always on the go to the point where I never even stopped and like thought to myself. Like, I don't think I ever had thoughts in my head sometimes because I was doing the next thing after the next thing and the next thing and talking to each person. And I would wake up at like seven, go to the gym, like go to class, go to work, go home, hang out. And that was it. But then suddenly I moved here and I actually lived alone for the first year I was here in Illinois. And I had so much alone time on my hands. Like, I can't even tell you the weird conversations I've had with myself. And like, but it really helped me grow into this person where I think I appreciate alone time now a lot more. And I understand that being alone isn't a bad thing and that we shouldn't be afraid to be alone with ourselves and alone with our thoughts. And a lot of times we're distracting ourselves from things that we really need to kind of evaluate. So over this past time, I would say this time in my life, I'm growing a lot like spiritually and just a lot more understanding myself mentally. Um, I think I have the confidence now that I can better like evaluate myself and um, yeah. And I feel like just professionally, I've been growing a lot. It's my, you know, my first year and a half in a workforce and working for the first time and just being an adult. It's just, I've always been super independent, but now I'm, I'm completely, completely independent and it's very empowering. So I would say I'm just learning a lot about that. And I think it's helped me a lot to just better my relationships with people and understand myself better. Um, and some of like maybe the negative traits or some of the things that I need to work on to as a person. So yeah, hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that answered the question. Like there, there's no wrong or right answer here. We're just evaluating like, <laughs> where you are so if you're to give yourself like your past self advice of where you are now in this journey like what would you wish your past self knew mm. wow honestly it's, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to admit weakness I think that was something that was kind of hard for me at first because 
I wanted to say, oh, I'm in this place and I'm thriving. Like I am on my own. I'm an adult. I'm living in Illinois, like doing my thing. But there was like, like sometimes you just need to reach out to people and be like, hey, like I'm lonely or like, hey, I miss this or you know, hey, I'm struggling with this right now. I'm, I'm overthinking this. Like, can I talk to you or, you know, ask for help that way. And I don't think that asking for help takes away from your independence or your strength. I think it only almost proves it more. And I wish I kind of knew that earlier before I was struggling sometimes like being alone. Asking for help is so hard. Yeah. I, I still struggle with it too. Um, you know, just like a month ago, I went completely silent uh, and I wasn't texting anybody and it was just like, I know that I could ask for help, but it's like at the same time with COVID and stuff, I just don't want to be a burden, Mm. you know, like, and I think to, you know, I'm just trying to think of the way to word this, but being like raw and real with anxiety and depression, like I, I have unfortunate moments where I'm just sad for no reason. I can't explain it. Um, it's not pleasant. And the last thing you do is like your thoughts isolate you from people and literally like fighting your brain when it's telling you no one wants to be there for you is such a challenging thing. And so I just kind of think about that. It's just like, I think that's part of the reason I just don't ask for help is because there's like this, I call it scumbag brain who tells me that if I ask for help, I'm a burden on another person. Right. And it's, yeah, I feel that too. I think the burden thing's a big thing. I think, um, like it's for me too, it's a pride thing. Like, I don't want, like, I don't want to seem like I'm a weak, even though it's not, but yeah, I agree with the burden. I feel like something too that I'm really aware of sometimes is I, I love talking. I love sharing my thoughts. I love just like saying everything, but then sometimes I get nervous that I'm going to burden people by just like pushing too much on them, like just telling them too much or, you know, just constantly like having them in conversation or sharing these like weird ideas and thoughts I have is like almost burdening to someone or it's like an emotional, what, what's the, what's the term? It's like emotional burden. <laughs> yeah. Or like emotional energy. Like they always say like, yeah. like if you have that one friend who's constantly, constantly, constantly coming to you about like issues, it starts to burden you or something. Like I've, I feel like I'm like kind of hyper aware about that now. I don't want to like do that to someone. Yeah, I guess I, it comes like boundaries too, right? Yeah, and it ultimately does. Like I, I'm just a person who can't talk about my emotions. Well, that's why I'm in therapy now. Uh, <laughs> that's a new life change. We didn't even do life updates. I'm in therapy to kind of help myself like work through like this again on my self journey in my third going into my thirties. But um, yeah. I, I think it, you know, I think what we need to encourage is like in friendships and these stages of life is that if you're friends with someone, I feel like there should be like this unspoken rule that you can come to them. Like, I, I mean, I'll tell you this right now. You can come to me whenever, like I'll listen. And if it's too much, I think I would feel comfortable enough to tell you like, Hey, this is too much. Like I need right. more space. And I think that in friendships, like just developing that part of that relationship is so crucial now. Mm-hmm. And we see friendships as more of like, hey, fun, hang out, like, let's do, make fun memories, but friendship is so much deeper than just having fun, like, I, I feel like friendships also need to be really constant relationships in your life, and have value add, and if you can incorporate that, great, 
Um, and I think friendships can be at all different levels. Like not all of them are meant to be deep. Some are supposed to be super deep. Some can be shallow. Some can just be mentor mentee. So it's like, I don't want people to take it and just like, Oh, all my relationships need to be deep. No, I, I think that if you want them all to be deep, they absolutely can. Um, some people choose to have them some surface level too. Like, you know, and there's nothing I'm so wrong pro surface level friendships, like not in a bad way, but like, I have my theories, like, I definitely do not think all relationships need to be deep. I think there's so much value in some like surface level friendships. Like it's good to have just like that friend to be like, yo, let's go drink our faces, melt off. And like, that's it. Right. And then it's, you just, it's okay to have those feel good friends. Right. Exactly. So I actually had a question come up in my head now as you're speaking, do you have boundaries you feel like with your husband? Because I feel like it's really easy to have like, when you're in a relationship with someone, that's the person you must go to with everything. And you mm -hmm. don't want to burden each other with like these, all these things. But then it's like, oh, like, you know, we're dating. Like, I want to know everything and blah, blah, blah. But like, I feel like it's almost not sustainable for like such a long-term type of relationship. Oh, for us, it's all no boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, if like that, for the type of relationship we choose to have, boundaries don't work. Mm. Uh, because we want to be communicative we want to be there for each other um and like we early on kind of have decided like whatever's on your mind if you say it like that's it um sometimes i'll sit there and i'll stew in some really like crazy ideas and i'll be afraid to say them and then he'll be like no just say it and then he'll just laugh at it so we wow. don't really have those kind of boundaries because we I think that in a life partnership, you have to be able to be your good, bad, and ugly. Right. Um, when I, back in, this is obviously like super personal, but I'll share it and ex expose my soul a little bit. Back in 2014, I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. And I, uh, my husband, who was just my friend at the time, he, I, for some reason, I felt comfortable opening up to him. And that guy like sat with me in bed for like months. He would go do his thing, go to class and come back and would sit in bed. We wouldn't talk because I didn't feel like talking, but he'd just sit there. And we yeah. were just friends, like, you know, and stuff like that. And it's, and I know that's like a really hard punch, but I say that because like, those are the moments that sometimes can happen in a relationship. And if you want, and it, again, my perspective, this was what works for me. Mm. Um, and I personally do think it's key for healthy relationships is being able to expose your whole soul. And so for us, like, he knows everything about my life. I know everything about his. We talk about everything, even if it's the same thing over and over again. Like, I'm almost surprised that we don't run a, out of things to talk about, right. <laughs> talk about. But I mean, we do. Um, so, and we, and, and through that too, we found new interests and common interests. And, you know, we try to embrace it, all this different stuff, but it's like, yeah, we, we don't have boundaries because like the only person I can comfortably like go to all the time and know that I'll feel safe is with him. Yeah, which is crazy because like I'm sure because I feel like for everyone it's that vulnerability and like not fearing the fact that you would drive someone away with your, I guess with your burden, right? I feel like, or I mean, at least that's mine. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm saying everybody. Like, that's mine. That's my issue. <laughs> um. I mean, you when it comes time, like, I, 
am a believer that if you can't expose that part of your soul to someone, then perhaps it's not meant to be a long-term thing. Right. Because like when you choose a partner, whether you do get officially married or make them a lifelong thing, like they're going to see everything, you know, you can't just live in a home together and keep secrets. Like I have never heard of a great relationship that's lasted amongst my friends that's been based off on secrets and things that are hidden and facts. Yeah. Um, Because you never know too, like those parts, those raw parts of you that they're going to fall in love with because it makes you a person, it makes you a human being. Mm. You know, I I look back on my relationship because I actually just had my second year wedding anniversary (laughs) this past weekend. And in the six years, yeah, we've had a lot of great times, but we had a lot of sad times. But those sad times, we laugh at because they've made us so much stronger. Like... (laughs) Yeah, I, I could write a book about the stupid stuff that we've experienced, but it's like, I would trade none of it. I, I would trade none of those moments for anything because like, I feel like we're such, we have such a strong bond mm-hmm. because of it. Um, I don't know. I, I personally just feel like I have really special <laughs> marriage. Um, you know, a lot of people like I, I it, it's kind of weird is I like, I don't know. When you get married, it's supposed to like be forever, but it's like never in my mind have I ever like been like, oh, we're gonna get divorced one day. Cause I feel like some people think that or it like comes <laughs> up. Yeah. No, I, I'm being serious. Cause I already have friends who've gone divorced. Yeah. But it's like, I'm like, it still feels like we started dating just yesterday. Right. And we've been like dating, you know, all in seven years. Like this guy's been put, putting up with my ass for a long time. And it's just like, and I look at some of my friends who are in long-term relationships and it's just like, her dynamic is very different than ours, but we're also very immature people. I mean, come on, yeah. we brought him on here talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think last time too, we talked, like one, I was said, like one of my biggest fears with like relationships are like, oh, what we, we were talking about growing pains, just like in general, like you... I wish, yeah, I wish you could post this video. Like, Babs is, like, drinking, like, a protein shake right now. It's, like, getting on her face. <laughs> like, got, like, protein mustache. <laughs> like, oh, man. But we were talking about, like, growing pains and just the concept of, like, growing apart from people and your relationships sometimes because you're growing one direction and someone else is growing the other direction and it's not, like, you aren't growing together anymore. And I think that's something, too, that's really scary with the relationship sometimes is that concept of, just growing apart even though there's it has nothing to do almost with like the two of you almost because like you're still you're still your own individual person I guess um yeah I but, mean that happened to me two other times yeah it's crazy. I mean I was about to get married to someone else and right. we lived together for two years and granted everyone else was like we told you you weren't meant to be anyway I was like no none of y'all said this to your face to my face but um yeah I mean we legitimately got to the point where we brought out the worst in each other um Mm -hmm. you know if he happens to stumble on this I wish him nothing but the best we still have some mutual friends who tell me he's very happy and they found a mate and you know what I'm very happy and I found a mate I think that we were great for each other at the time and then it wore out like I I am not the same person he started dating when I was 18 like I yeah completely totally different, different. Mm-hmm. so 
and you know, I'll, I'll take a lot of the heat. I think I grew different. Um, I grew up and my vision changed and my wants changed and my life goals changed. And I think it just, at some point it ran its course and I was like, you know what? We just don't align anymore. Mm -hmm. And turn into constant fighting and bickering, you know, things when people just get on each other's nerves. Cause I, I know I was got on his nerves a lot cause I was out partying and drinking a lot. Cause I was like, what? Live my best life kind of thing. Um, so it just ran its course and we just weren't meant to be and that's okay. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh man. That got intense. <laughs> oh. I was not ready for that conversation. I feel like that's something I'm still trying to like navigate, I guess, just the concept of like relationships. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, in terms of relationships, I think I, I say take your time and feel it out and let it run its course. And when it's early in a relationship, it's challenging to see the end goal, right? Because it, I, I honestly think we were, we didn't even talk about spending the rest of our lives together until like about year three. Right. Um, it, it was different from us because we lived together day one, mm -hmm. but, and so I think we kind of expedited the timeline, but it's just, it honestly just, it's kind of like when I woke up in Chicago and I was like, holy shit, I've done it. It was like one day it was like, holy shit, I think I want to get married. Right. Cause I was like, fuck marriage. I'm going to be like that person who's a nomad. And like, I'm going to have that life partner that just sits there with me, have common law marriage, like a whole 10 yards. Um, because a lot, that's how a lot of my family is. A lot of my cousins are very common law. Like that's the environment I grew up in. And just one day I was like, I actually think I want to do this. And it was the craziest feeling for me. Mm. So I think if it's meant to be when it's meant to be, you'll just know. Yeah. It's going to be the weirdest thing that you're going to know too. Like my husband told me the day that he's, you want to know how he realized he loved me? How? He took a bite into a chicken pesto sandwich that I made him. And it tasted so good that it made his heart flutter because the sandwich made him realize how much I cared about him. The pesto sandwich. I, and he, um, he was like, I love her. Aww. And, uh, and we weren't actually officially dating. And so when he ate that sandwich is when he also decided he wanted to ask me to be his girlfriend officially. That's so cute. That's how I feel when I eat the food you make me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like I got to make you this pesto sandwich so you can try it. Right? Then, like, next, you know, like, I'm on my knee, like, trying to propose to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my moment happened when we were at EDC, so... Yeah. <laughs> it was e EDC Cascade was playing. And it was like just your like your eyes last... by Cascade, like last chance, like one of those. Kind of. Uh, I mean, it was a magical moment. And the crazy thing is, like, in a sea of like 100,000 people all listening to the same thing, the only person I saw was him. And I was like, Aww. I love this guy. Yeah. Whatever. Ah, like, <laughs> like, you know. I mean, I was like, oh, get these feels out of here. Get these feels out of here. <laughs> Dance away, like, push them out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. like, it's going to be the weirdest thing, you know, if it's meant to be with who, I, I'm trying to speak carefully not to offend, but, like, 
whether this be it's this relationship or if you know in the end it ends up being another one it, it's gonna happen and i hope that if you it happens you'll think of me and text me and be like it happened and i'm just gonna know what you're talking about yeah for real i think my thing too i and this is a, something that i've learned too i have i was such a planner growing up i've always been the biggest planner i would say i always knew what was coming up the next day, what was coming the next week, next month, next year. Like I really always had this plan that I think when I was in second grade, I was picking out colleges I wanted to go to like straight up. I think my mom was like, what is my child? Like, you know, like we had like free reign on the internet, like parents should be like blocking stuff. I was literally on like USA best colleges and I was like picking out schools. Like, so I think for me too, that's the one thing that always comes an issue with relationships because that's something that you can't predict because it's, it's 50, 50. I think that's something I've been needing to recognize is that like, I, I only have half control of the relationship in a way. Like I, it's 50% and 50% and you can't, you can't like plan ahead so far ahead, but then it's always like, well, what, what if at the end of the day I end up wasting this energy or this money or like whatever it is or this time or whatever. And like, you don't have any guarantee that it's going to work out. And I think that's always the scariest thing. And I think that's almost the scariest thing for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think the way I look at my life experiences is that um, I think we, you know, identify, we, like when things don't work out, we see it as a failure and not right. being good enough. Not good. Um, but I think that with failure comes something beautiful. Uh, it's a learned life lesson so that you can change something from the first time. So when you do it again, you kind of reevaluate those goals and what you want and change things and don't do it the same way, right? Because if we do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, it's literally the definition of insanity. <laughs> but what? <laughs> it's true. If it doesn't work out, I think that you should look at it in a way, it's like, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Because like, what did you learn from it? Right. Is it going to be, you know, if it doesn't work out, is there heartache, crying, sad love songs, yeah. lots of drinking, whatever your vice is to get through it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I guess for me to have been with someone for six years and then now be in another relationship that I've been in like, you know, six, seven years, I can look back at those six years with the other person and say, you know what? It didn't end great, but I did grow into something during that time. And it took me a while to come to terms with that, you know, and, and that's okay. It doesn't, they always say for like every year together, it usually takes two years to forget it. So I'm only halfway there, <laughs> but something good happened. And I always, and I'll share my theory of number two. So for me, I think we, we did talk about our lucky numbers because mine is 25 happens to be like my anniversary date, but, um, Number two is there, it holds like a special place in my heart because the first time, the, the probability of something working perfectly the first time is very rare. And usually if you look at the lesson and you get it right, it works out the second time. And for me, the second time is always so much sweeter than the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's so much better. Like I bore my soul to another guy that I was gonna marry and then it turns out the second guy was much better for me. Um, you know, my university, Hofstra, like I thought I was going to go to Hofstra. I went to University of Nevada, Reno. Fun fact, when I got my first real career job in Orlando, I wasn't the first candidate. I was the second candidate. In fact, they called and rejected me. <laughs> and then they gave me the job. 
And then when I left that job, you know, I'm in this new, at the competitor to the first one. And it's like, now I know how to navigate it. Like things are working out way better for me mm-hmm. this time around. So I think it's scary, but don't fear it. Just embrace it. Um, and it'll all work out. Yeah, I, I know. Well, <laughs> I'm not too scared. Um, but I think it's just something like, I guess in this life stage, like I'm, I'm still in my early twenties. I think everyone's just like afraid of relationships and commitment and like committing to job, like not even just like, of like a, you know, a relationship like that, but like committing to jobs or committing to moving somewhere or committing to doing X, Y, Z, or taking this type of risk just because, well, I don't know. I think that's part of my generation, but also like definitely part of like this life stage too, where we're at. It's just like this fear of, you know, I think it's, I think it's just the stage you're in because I was just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anything is like, can be changed in a moment's notice, you know, sure. you can move somewhere, you can start a new project, you can start a new job, new relationship, you know, and not everything's new. Sometimes you lose people too. I mean, that's kind of like a morbid thought, but and then moments notice anything can change forever mm-hmm. and we can either choose to fight it or we can embrace it yes i was about to say that too girlfriend i was with you i was like just about to say I was like we got the control like we can navigate that i agree oh man yeah sometimes it's funny too like i, I don't know why in my head like 27 seems like such a good age like it seems like a magic time I don't know why in my head I'm always like I want to be 27 because I feel like that's the time when like you start to feel like (laughs) semi-secure like like less chaotic uh but knowing my ass like I'll be 27 and like having full-blown panic attack (laughs) like I had full-blown panic attack when I was 29 every year all you Life is meant to be a little chaotic because otherwise it'd be too boring, right? Right, yeah. I think we need to set goals for like, let's say each age or whatever it is, like whatever goals you have, like keep setting those goals, but it's just that you need to be really flexible with them and understand like when like life gives you lemons, really make lemonade out of it and add some vodka to it too. Like, (laughs) why not? (laughs) Or honey or sugar. Or honey and sugar. (laughs) Or like a little cool, like add spice. You can just add spice. Spice or spike. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. So, but, so I have like this question that I'm going to ask you that I absolutely, I hate this question, but because it keeps coming up, but I feel like this is an appropriate thing to ask you is, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do I see myself in five years? Man. Miss planner, goal setter. I know, right? Um, no wrong answers. Just remember that. Where did I see myself in five years? So in five years, I'll be 28. Um, career-wise, I'm really hoping, like, I will be, like, I like, I love my job right now. And I think it's a great job because I just continuously grow. And I have really, really supportive, a really, really supportive work environment where they want to invest in their employees and see them succeed. So I feel like as long as I keep putting in that effort and keep trying to grow professionally um, in five years, I'll be, you know, doing even better in the workforce and even happier and hopefully going towards that real goal that I have, which 
um, is going into like a certain field and hopefully I'll just keep pushing towards that. Um, and then five years from now, I guess I hope to know myself better. I think like one thing that I've been, now that I've had so much free time after college, I've been um, exploring like my spirituality and exploring how best to reflect for myself and keep my mental health good. And then that hopefully like translate into also my keeping my relationships really strong. So I hope in five years that basically that just keeps progressing that like spiritually I'm more in touch with myself and you know, whatever I'm sort of like exploring and then also just having really, really strong relationships with people. Um, my family, my friends, my significant other, just all of that, just hopefully in five years, I'll feel more secure. And then I don't know if I'll still be in Chicago though. I think that's the one thing where in five years I'm, it's kind of blurry, but once again, like I have this thing where I feel like I can probably live anywhere and I can find things that I enjoy about it and make it feel like a home because to me, it's definitely not a location thing. It's more of like a feeling of what home is. And I feel like I can almost find that anywhere because I am pretty like, like chameleon-y. Like I can, you know, change to the environment and morph however I kind of need to, but um, hopefully I'll always have like my core still with me, but that's kind of where I see myself in five years. I know it's kind of a loose answer, but I think it's better off for me mentally not to have such a, I, I need to do this in five years. I need to be here in five years because that's just too much pressure. I'm always asking if I'm good enough and it's just going to be too much. So I kind of put trust in myself that I will still hold myself to high standards, but I don't need to have like extremely tough, um, or like super, super tangible goals. So I think that sounds like a good plan. Thanks. What about you? Where do you see yourself in five years and why, why, why don't you really, how do you feel about this question? So I don't like this question because I think it's unrealistic now that I am where I am in my life. Because if you would have asked me this question when I was 20, I'd been like, oh, I'm going to be running this shit. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I, you know, I both love it and I hate it. I like asking it. I'm not a huge fan of answering it because it also too, it gives you perspective of what someone's trying to achieve mm -hmm. in their life. Um, you know, I think in five years, I like to think that, you know, my relationship with my family is much deeper. Um, you know, that's been something in my life that's been really improving and not just with like my relationship with Zach, but my, my actual family. Like I've, closer with my brothers and my sisters and I have a great relationship with my dad and you know being able to get more of that time with my family I think over the next five years is like what my goal is um I've just noticed that my heart feels more full when I'm around them and we can bond and make memories and blow up memes and stuff and so my goals are kind of like just to like be there with them um and then career wise you know I just want to be still running this shit mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's still a goal is I you know I'm unapologetically ambitious and so you know for me I think my career will always be something that's a front runner for me but what I'm trying to not do is sacrifice my time with my family for that career right. um, I think it's time over the next five years I hope to have balance and have the best of both worlds because I think I can do that right yeah and I think that's definitely possible. The funny thing too is just thinking about this five-year question, I actually did, I was having a really hard time when I was living alone when I first moved here, just trying to understand like, what do I do now? You know, like I'm here 
And I know no matter what, like you're kind of in this professionally, you're kind of in this like spot for like one to three years almost. Like it takes time to move positions and, but you want to keep feeling like you're moving forward. And so I did this meditation and it was, it basically did almost like a, where do you see yourself? And like, it was like, imagine you're in an elevator and like you push one and it's like, where are you in one year? And it's like, you go in the elevator and you push five, right? So I'm trying to do this meditation. And a lot of times with like with my meditation practice, I can usually get into it very easily. Like I can get into it. I can visualize things right away, see things, whatever it was. This one, when I hit five and those elevator doors opened, it was pitch black. I was like, what? And like 10 years, I couldn't even picture it either. And I was like, I'm gonna die. I was like, is this a sign that in five years I'm gonna be dead? <laughs> like, why am I seeing a black room? Like, what is going on, you know? But then I, it kind of came to terms once again that it was almost like, maybe that's kind of the fun in it. Like, I'm, I don't really know where I'm gonna be in five years. And I think in a way, that's almost how it's even better because if I look five years back to when I was younger and, you know, once again, like you said, like, oh, where are you in five years? my what I thought of I would be or where I thought I would be is so different than where I am now but I'm so 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 much happier than I feel like I would have ever been um if I didn't experience all these things and if I wasn't where where I'm at right now so um yeah if anyone's listening and they're stressed about their future like in a way I would say don't be <laughs> in like in the simplest way because it because um when you when you like stop worrying and you just kind of let things happen and you go with the flow, like that's when the biggest blessings kind of come and you, or you open your eyes to these blessings in front of you that you wouldn't even pay attention to. I agree. I think that's sound advice. Thank you. <laughs> I almost feel like that's a great note to end on. I think so too. Yeah. Just remember, you know, right now you're good enough and in five years it'll be good enough and <laughs> just keeps on going. Being good enough is defined by you and not others. Drop mic. Boom.